0: a New Testament scholar and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading and Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 304, Stuck in the Middle. We're going to be talking about middle management. Have you ever been in middle management? I was for a number of years and It's a it's a unique position to be in because you know most leadership books and seminars and any kind of leadership training you get you're going to talk about at some point the importance of leading from the front and this is a vital aspect of leadership you know there's going to come a time in every leader's life where they've got to take charge and make things happen and leading from the front is very exciting and inspires those that we're leading but. Middle management's not nearly as sexy. Middle management, you know, you, you, you actually can feel like you're in limbo. I mean, are you a part of the executive uh, leadership team or are you part of the uh, supervi- supervision team, you know, the frontline leadership? Where are you? You're, you're kind of stuck behind the lines. You've got supervisors that are doing the day-to-day supervision, supervising the work, so, so where do you fit in as a middle manager? And, you know, really, like we said, in most companies, businesses, and organizations, the frontline supervisors are the driving force that makes it happen. Um, you know, any military veteran will tell you that it's the senior non-commissioned officers, the sergeants and the chiefs, that run the military. It's the frontline supervisors that keep them moving forward. When I was with the police department, uh, really, the backbone of every police department are the sergeants, because the sergeants are supervising the officers that are out on the street or the detectives, detectives that are investigating the cases, and they're the ones that are making sure the work gets done. Of course, policy is set, you know, at higher levels, but then what do the middle managers actually do? You know, I found, in, in, as a middle manager, the actual <clears throat> amount of work that I did um the 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 tangible amount of work that i did as a middle manager was only about 4 45 minutes or an hour a day and that left a whole lot of a day for other things to do so so you know and i'm sure it's not that's that's not the same in everybody's experience that's just what i found during a couple of my assignments as a as a mid-level manager in the police department so what where, where do middle level managers come to, come into play and 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 really how can they um, have the greatest impact on the organization so what is the role of those who are in middle management in many organizations middle managements seen as the graveyard of aspirations um, people go there and they die they go there and you know maybe you'll be one of those lucky few who manages to get bumped up to executive level management or maybe you'll you know eventually retire or resign or move on to something else but Um, middle managers are often required to work longer hours. You got to go to, gosh, you got all those meetings you've got to go to. You got to deal with HR issues related to your subordinates and you've always got to be available to your boss. And, you know, it doesn't sound very glamorous and it's really not. Um, those who learn to lead from the middle have the potential to influence the direction of their organization and the quality of the service that they provide for many years to come. Now, really, I think the, the the big thing to understand when, when people get into mid-level management, and in my case, it was being the, the role of a lieutenant in a, in a uh, large police department, but you know, whatever they call you, you know, it's very appealing to start with because you get a bump up in pay, and the bump up in pay is really nice. Um, what I found, though, was after a while, I was just bored. It was just, you know, uh, wasn't really that exciting, and so I began to really analyze the position and see what can I do to have the most impact, to have the most influence. And what I began to, to, um, understand is there's probably three things that every middle manager, um, has to do if they're going to be effective. Now, obviously you can sit back and as I saw some lieutenants do, let their sergeants do all the work and they took all the credit and, Um, you know, they really didn't better the people that were around them, but I, I think if you want to do a good job as a leader, if you want to have the, the most influence and and be the most effective leaders you, you can be as a middle manager, I think there's three things that, that you can do. And the first one is this, it's training your frontline supervisors. It's training your frontline supervisors. It's equipping them. It's helping them to do their job better. Now, of course, it's the CEOs, the senior pastors, the company presidents um, that are going to set the vision for the organization. Even the division director, he's going to be the one setting the pace for your your particular division. But it's the middle managers that are going to make that vision become a reality, um, and the way they're going to do that is by the way they manage their frontline supervisors. Now, as a sergeant, I worked for some terrible lieutenants, some terrible majors, some terrible middle-level management, um, but also worked for some very good ones. And these were the ones who um, did what they could to invest in their people to to make the organization more effective. Um. You know, we can talk about the the CEOs or the senior pastors that set the vision, but really it, it's the middle management that has the most day-to-day activity, the most day-to-day contact with those uh, lower-level supervisors, the front-end supervisors. And as a middle manager, you've got this incredible opportunity to train, to mentor, to equip those who are who are actually supervising the the employees that are doing the work, and I and I understand every organization isn't structured this way. I know many organizations are being structured differently now with a, a more flat line, um, you know, type of management. But um, these principles are still applicable in so many ways, and you know, it's it's easy to overlook this opportunity that we have to train um, our supervisors because you know there's there's things that we have to report <clears throat> there's administrative responsibilities, there's the reporting of numbers. Obviously we're meeting with upper management um, dealing with complaints that come in, dealing with other personnel issues and these things are important but we've got to remember there's nothing more important with our than our people. How much time, are we spending with our people? They're our most valuable resource. And, you know, really there's nothing worse, and I work for people like this from time to time, there's nothing worse than that middle manager whose only interaction with their subordinates was something negative. They were coming in to bring correction. They were coming in to, um, you know, they need those numbers for, for upper management, um, get those numbers for the CEO, Or they're coming in to ask, what's holding things up on the line? Why hasn't this been accomplished yet? Where's that report I needed? Um, You know, if you only talk to your frontline supervisors when something is wrong or when we feel that we need to correct something, we're not doing them or the organization any favors at all. The most effective middle managers are those who spend some time each day interacting with their subordinates. Instead of telling them something or, or um, you know, trying to correct something, and obviously there's a place for that. Obviously there's times when you have to do that. But instead of always trying to tell somebody something, maybe, maybe we get into the habit of listening and asking the right questions. Asking the right questions, listening to their concerns, finding out what the issues are with their subordinates. I mean, you know, the sergeant's got five, six, seven officers that are assigned to them. uh, Most supervisors have, you know, a chain of command of, you know, three to five, seven, whatever it might be. And what are their issues? What are they struggling with with their people? What are some ways that we can make their job easier? Are there any obstacles that we can remove that would make their jobs easier? You know, I would try at least, you know, once during the shift to meet up with with my uh, subordinates. I had, as a lieutenant, I would have three or four, at one time I think I had five or six direct reports that were all managing or supervising other people, and I would try and schedule time you know, to talk to some of them at least if I didn't get to all of them during the day. Um, over a period of a week, I would try and at least have a cup of coffee with them, maybe have a meal or just you know chat at the office or whatever, and just kind of find out what's going on. talk, listen, what what do they need? How can I help them? How can I make their their job easier? They might have an idea. I had some great ideas come from from supervision. That I was able to pass up to upper level management, that actually just made things go smoother. Um, You know, in some cases they might have a suggestion for a policy or 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 some new way of doing things, and you know, so by by not listening, I would be missing out on that. By listening, I was able to, you know, pass up the line, hey, you know, Sergeant so and so had a great idea, and this is something I think we need to consider. So definitely something to look at. Um, When middle managers invest in training. Um, and when we say training, it doesn't have to be formal. It can just be, Hey, listen, here's how I handled this situation. You know, they share a situation they're having with a subordinate and you say, well, listen, here's how I handled that one time. That's training. Um, giving them ideas, developing them. Um, then what we're doing by, by really, uh, working with our frontline supervision, we're investing in the organization because these are going to be the people, the men and women, who are going to step up to mid-level management themselves. One of my greatest joys was to always see people who worked for me, um, who I was responsible for, and who I invested in, go to that next level in uh, supervision or management. It was always You know, a great joy to see that. And I've been very fortunate over the years to have some of them actually come back and thank me, call me, send me an email and just say, hey, listen, I just got promoted to lieutenant. Um, And the reason that happened was because you invested in me and uh, the principles you taught me. So I don't say that to pat myself on the back. But, you know, what I was doing was I was, you know, investing in these people that are going to help make my job easier, but they're also going to take care of the organization. They're going to keep the organization growing and moving forward. Um, and then we want, not only do I want to invest in the, the, the sergeants or the frontline supervision that, that work for me, I want them investing in their people. I want them to see the investment that I'm making in them, and then I want them to invest in their people, spending time with their subordinates, talking to them, finding out what they need, finding out what their problems are, finding out um, you know, what concerns they have, and then helping them to get better in their job. You know, sadly, the middle manager, or, or they're often the only person who trains supervisors and how to train their subordinates. Um, you know, too many companies, too many organizations, too many police departments um, don't do a very good job of training their managers and supervisors. And so, if you're in that position, take the opportunity to train the people under you and encourage them to train their people. And this creates a positive culture within the organization that's going to result in continual growth and improvement on every level. So that's the first one, training the frontline supervisors. That's one of the things middle management needs to do. Number two, make sure your supervisors and workers have everything that they need. What can you provide for them? Um, how can you make their job easier? You know, I found when uh, um, I, I got promoted and was was a mid-level manager, I found that um, in some of the assignments I had, I actually had a budget. I had some money that um, was used for training purposes, money used for for certain amounts of for for certain types of equipment. And I noticed that many lieutenants uh, never spent that money. Um the money just sat there and 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 I never could figure it out. One of them said, Well, you know, everybody's got everything they need and I don't want to cost the department, you know, this money. We'll we'll save it and just leave it in the budget. Well, I didn't understand that. I never understood that because if if there's money that's in my budget, that's money that's been allotted to us. So what I would do is is every year I would try and send Some of my key people, the ones who were working the hardest, the ones who were producing the best, the ones who were the most motivated, I would try and reward them by sending them to some type of training course. I'd say, pick out a class, something that looks fun. You know, even if it costs a little money, we'll send you. Um, You know, buying some equipment for them. Uh, One of the the units I I supervised specialized in dealing with code enforcement, which meant we were often dealing with... um, you know, abandoned houses, abandoned cars, trash, just different things. It was just dirty. It was nasty. And, and, and we just had enough money in the budget where I bought everybody a pair of, um, really nice tactical gloves to protect their hands. It's a small thing, but they were blown away by it. The fact that the, the department would actually buy them something. Um, what, what do they need? Do they have enough people? Um, you know, obviously you may not have Control over the budget to give people raises or bonuses, but what are the intangibles? What is it that you can do to um, to help your people? You know, sometimes it might be saying, "Hey, look, I'll cover the rest of the shift. Take take the day off." You know, and sending your supervisor home. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you know it might be just taking them out to eat and just you know saying, "Hey, what do you need? What 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 can I help you with?" Um, but make sure they have everything they need. If if there's some equipment that's broken, get it fixed as soon as possible. Um, If somebody's having an issue with a vehicle or, or some other type of equipment, get it fixed as soon as possible. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back. I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the updated version of my leadership book. Um, It's jam-packed full of practical uh, tips, uh, principles. We deal with supervision. We deal with management. We deal with leadership. We deal with time management, Setting goals and so much more. Each chapter is is relatively short, just a few pages, and and is is equipped with um, questions, study questions, guide you know, thoughtful questions to help you um, meditate on the chapter so that you can. Each chapter can be immediately actionable. So click on the link, check out leading into the twenty first century and beyond. I know you'll love it, and I know it will help you. All right, so we've got one more thought on being stuck in the middle, being a middle manager. We've talked about training your supervisors, training those uh, people who report directly to you, training them to um, do a better job, training them to be better people, training them to look after their people, and also training them to train their people. Uh, Number two, making sure your frontline supervisors and workers have everything they need. You know, is there something they need to do their job better that you can provide for them? That's a big thing. And then the last one, number three, is make sure upper management, executive level, has a clear picture of what's really going on in the organization. You know, we used to joke and say that the air was was thinner at the top. Um, You get up into an executive level position, whether that's a you know, major assistant chief or, or chief or whatever one of the director's levels were. And we used to joke and say the air was thinner up there. They didn't have a clear picture of what was going on. Um, there was this idea that, um, you know, everything was going great, when in reality morale was terrible because they hadn't had a raise in a few years. Morale was terrible because they weren't being supported Um, by by, by the upper level. the morale was terrible because the equipment that was being issued was um, really subpar. And so as a mid-level manager, there is no excuse, at least for you to try and let the upper level management, the upper level executive team know what's going on because you see it. You're right there. You've You're you're, you're working directly over your sergeants, your supervisors, whatever you call them in your organization, and you're seeing what's going on at the lowest level of the organization. And if those at the top aren't able to see what's going on, then something needs to be done. And that often means having difficult conversations. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to change anything. There were many times I would express concerns, concerns, you know, tell them about issues that were going on at the, the lower level, and they'd say, thank you very much, have a good day, and continue to do exactly what they wanted to do. And that's fine, but at least I've tried. At least I could, with a, with a clear conscience, let my sergeants know, listen, I told them. I told them. I had a conversation with them. I don't know if anything's going to change, but at least I tried. And they know that you're going to bat for them. So make sure your upper-level management knows what's really going on in the organization. If if there's an issue with the technology, they need to know. We went through some technological issues, some some technology issues, and uh, management, se- you know, upper level management seemed to think everything was going great, and they were surprised when we told them, "Oh no no no, this is terrible technology. This doesn't work half the time. Uh, people are losing reports, they're losing documents because it's it's just shutting down in the middle of them typing up a report and." Um, you know They were shocked to know that, but by letting them know they were actually, we were actually able to get the, the problem resolved um, sooner rather than later. So um, these three thoughts, train your frontline supervisors, make sure your frontline supervisors have everything they need, and then make sure upper management, the executive level, has a clear picture of what's really going on in the organization. Are you stuck in the middle? Listen, take advantage of where you're at. To have influence on both sides. Influence those below you, influence those above you, and the organization will be better for it. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. Are you in middle management? What has your experience been? Do you feel supported? Do you feel that you're making an, a difference, having an impact on those that work for you? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. You can click up at the link at the top for books and check out all of my different titles. There's something there for everyone. And I'm just so appreciative that you're with me on this journey. And we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.